0: Welcome to episode one hundred and eleven of Life Song Radio. Hey, I'm Jimmy Hicks, along with Phil Ramsey. Good, Good morning. morning. Good morning. Good to see. You. Good to have you back. Well, thank you. Good to be back. Good to be seen. You're happy. You, you've been to a happy place. I have been to a happy place. Where'd you go? We went to um, went to Disney World. Uh, what that cost? About one hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, that's it. We went to the Land of the Liberals, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm playing. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> it, it was a. Uh, it was a good time. We uh, we spent last week uh, in Disney World. Got back last uh, last Saturday. Um, so you could have you could have went there or bought a new car. So you decided to go there. Is that just would have been a hoopty. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't I, that much. I'm just <laughs> and it took us a year and a half to pay on it too. Yeah. So um, uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, we had a good time. We enjoyed it. Uh, it was uh, it was good to get away for a while. Um, it, it was a lot of work. Um, we, we're, my wife uh, made the reference that uh, she could tell how old she was getting because it broke her down. Mm. And it, it did that way for both of us. Just the getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning, not getting back to the hotel at ten, eleven 11 o'clock, uh, and then doing it all over again the next day on your feet, walking 29,000 miles a day. So vacation was work. It, he had to come home to rest, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can say that we've been once or twice. But you got it; you it's so much to do. You you feel like you want to get your money's worth, so you got to try to get to do everything. So you got to get up and early and and stay as long as you can out. Yeah. So you know you don't get to go to Disney World every day. So it was it was yeah we enjoyed it. I think you should go at least once. Yeah, it's like a cruise, right? You know, you need to do it at least once. I'm not doing that. I have a horrible fear of water. I get uh, I get extremely nervous going over bridges. Do you really? And uh, I've never been on a cruise and and it, and it scares me to death to even think about Let it. Let me tell you about a guy. His name is Jesus. <laughs> Fear not.
1: Well, you know if you die it was meant to be. No, you no, know on or dangerous path, right? Get, you know you understand that. Right?
0: I understand. I do understand that <laughs> spiritual feel. But um I don't know. You ever seen the movie uh, Castaway? With uh, Tom Hanks, where, yes. he, where he gets in the plane crash, works for FedEx. Do you remember the part of the movie where he escapes the island after, what, four or five years, however long he was there? He escapes out and he's on this big wooden raft, mm-hmm. and it's the middle of the night or whatever, and he's laying pitch black dark and he's laying on the raft and all of a sudden coming up out of the water is this whale and the whale opens his eyes that scares me to death (laughs) and just being out there because i can't swim very well and being out in the middle of the ocean Mm -hmm. that's miles deep it just scares me i have a fear that something's gonna happen to that boat yeah so i'm claustrophobic i would rather i mean really be
1: dead than be, then somebody hold me. Yeah. Or if I had a wreck and I turned upside down and ditched, but somebody was going to, to uh, rescue me, but it would take them 30 minutes to do it, I just think I'd rather be dead. Yeah. I really would. And that's no lie. Feel- I'd rather go ahead
0: and go to heaven so, than, than be stuck there and can't move. So you're, you're trapped in your vehicle. All right. It's crushed firemen get there and they look down they check you they say feel there's nothing broken you're going to be fine you're 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 okay you're just kind of squished in here so we're gonna to have to cut this door off to get you out it's gonna take about 45 minutes you said just blow my head off just just shoot me Yeah, now. if you have a gun shoot me dude, <laughs> even though i'm okay <laughs> just <go. laughs> that's how bad my phobia is it really is oh goodness well, but i get a, it i get it that's yeah. the way i am with water
1: okay we just uh, need to trust jesus that's what we need to that's do exactly <laughs> but uh like i said we had to run a rerun last week Jimmy was gone, I had every intention to do it, and last week, as it is all of the fall breaks that we experience, is the busiest week of our, of my livelihood in my photography studio. So I just had a lot going on, I just couldn't get to it. But uh, we're back this week, we're going to be in Galatians chapter 5, and uh, we're just going to get to a couple verses, and we're, we're going to deviate a little bit this week, and, uh, and and maybe have two little mini Bible studies within one. If my producer, Jimmy Hicks, will let me do that. Uh, I'll let you okay. produce this week, so okay, do whatever you want. <laughs> All right, so we'll come back right after the break, and we'll jump back in to Galatians, and we'll see you back here in a few minutes.
2: We pray for blessings. We pray for peace. Comfort for family. Protection while we sleep. We pray for healing prosperity We pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering And all the while you hear each spoken need Yet love is way too much to give us lesser things Cause what if your blessings come
0: read 13 through 15 and we'll see what happens for you were called to freedom brethren only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh but through love serve one another for the whole all is fulfilled in one word in the statement you shall love your neighbor as yourself but if you bite and devour one another take care lest you be consumed by one another let's pray father lord god thank you for your word Father, thank you for this opportunity uh, that you've given Phil and I, that you've ordained uh, and, and put in our paths and put in our lives to to get together every week and just open up your Word and and study your Word and and and, and share what we've learned uh, through your Word. Uh, on this platform with those listening lord we we thank you for this opportunity to help others grow spiritually and we thank you for this opportunity uh, to 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 speak into the lives of of those who may not know about you and in this opportunity weekly that you 've given us to share the gospel so thank you for that lord and and we hope that we we give you uh, all of the honor all of the praise, and all of the glory We ask that you bless this time now as as you as you have willed. It's in your son's holy name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Jimmy, Phillip, for you, you
1: were called to freedom. Hmm. I mean, I'm looking at a few words here that make me want to shout, but <laughs> uh, let's discuss what it means to be called
0: to freedom. Well, another word for that that you could look at would be liberty. Mm-hmm. Liberty, freedom. Um God calls Christians to freedom. Uh, he's a, you know, you, you hear it all the time. You hear the cliches, I guess the Christian cliches that you hear people say, but uh, God does have a purpose for for the lives of Christians, and and he calls us to freedom. Uh, he, he didn't call us to put us back under the law. Mm-hmm. He called us to, uh, uh, to, to be free, to have liberty, and that liberty and that freedom is actually what our identity is in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, our liberty our freedom is our identity in Jesus for you were called a freedom brethren brethren means brothers well and that's that's another that's another thing that uh, um, that we need to touch on and, and and real quick before you come in I'll say that that uh, s- distinct contrast here that Paul's making when he says brethren uh, because he's uh, he's talking to the Galatians but he's calling them brothers he's calling them brethren he's calling them saved christians so he's making that contrast between them and the and the legalists the judaizers who have risen up in their purpose of him writing this letter so you were called to freedom Hmm.
1: brethren only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh but through love serve one another so this freedom when we discuss freedom we have been set free Right? Yeah. We've been in chains. Mm. We've been in a, a slave, an enslavement to sin. Right? So we've been set free by a new master. Yeah. Now, this freedom here isn't, this, isn't really talking about that. It's talking about freedom from law. Mm-hmm. So we, we've been freed in, as far as salvation goes. And only when you've been freed are you truly free. But here we are discussing he, they are free from the burden and the curse of the law. So what he's saying is, don't turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, since we're free, what does that mean? There's no more condemnation for the sins that we, that we commit. And we're going to commit them. Jimmy, I've counted two that you committed since we've been here. (laughs) I'm
0: just kidding. Just two? Well, I turned your head.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you see, Jimmy is free to actually do that. Now, hear me out. The bigger story is you're free not to do it. You know what I'm saying? So. This freedom that we experience isn't a license to walk and live in the flesh. This freedom, this is the first time. Once you've been saved, the first time you've been ever free to obey, to do what's right. See, you've always been free to do what's wrong. Yeah. When you were, when we were born uh, sinners, you didn't have to tell me to see yeah, sin. But,
0: but... I was free to sin but I wasn't afraid to obey. Until I was set free. Well, I think the freedom comes when the freedom to obey comes in. Um, I don't think you know. I understand what you're saying when you say we were free to sin. I really don't think that freedom has a place when it when it pertains to sin. We didn't have a choice but to sin. That's right. all we could right. do. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I hope nobody misunderstood when I
1: yeah. said that. Yeah. I think you can. Well, I'm you know I'm a sinner. I'm saved by grace, and yeah, I'm going to do this, and God will forgive me, and there's no more. I've been see, free. That's
0: not the route I'm going. And and what you just said uh, before that uh, is the key to the whole thing that we really probably should focus on is, uh, you know, I use the word liberty and freedom here. They mean the same thing. So we have the freedom. We have the liberty uh, now in Christ to obey Christ. But that liberty doesn't give us a license. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I like that word that you use, the license. We don't have a a free license to sin now. Mm Mm-hmm. We have a, we have a license and the liberty to obey Christ, which we didn't have before. All right, listen to this text, Phil. It's it's First Peter chapter two, verse sixteen. And Peter writes, he says, "Act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God." Hmm. And so, going back, what our text says, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. He's saying the same Peter saying the same exact thing. Hmm. Paul's saying here. See the flesh. Flesh can't improve. The flesh uh, can't be refined. It can't be converted. Not the flesh. Our sin capacity is completely and totally depraved. So so we have a corrupt nature that we got from, from our original father, Adam. So we're completely depraved. We're completely uh, and totally corrupt in our nature. So when we become Christians, when God saves us, uh, the Christian doesn 't become free to to serve to serve the dictates of sin, does that make sense yeah so we, we don 't become free to 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 serve sin that 's what we do for when we 're lost and when mm-hmm. we're and when we 're dead in our sin so uh that that was what our life was before Christ, but now that Christ has come into our life um, we 're now free to serve God in spite of possessing the capacity to sin mm-hmm. so whatever
1: Christian freedom is it is clearly not the right for us to return uh, from what Christ paid with his own life to save him. And like you said, 1 Peter 2.16, don't use this freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves to God. Mm. So this, if, if, you're, if you're thinking, you know, I'm a Christian, so now I'm free to get drunk I'm, I'm free to enjoy uh, all these worldly things. I'm free to look at nasty books and magazines. I'm I'm free to look at pornography. Uh, if that's what your view of freedom is, I'm. You need to stop right now and examine yourself, because
0: this is not what the Bible is about. You're well, not free to do that. And you just said it. We're not. We're not free to continue. Doing the things that Jesus and, and, and performing the works that Jesus came to destroy. Mm. So while we still possess that capacity to do it and we will still fall into some of those things, it's not how we live our lives. Mm. Uh, that's not what we have the freedom to do. Now we have the freedom not to do that stuff. Here, Romans
1: 7, in Romans 7, it says, the new nature hates sin and loves the righteousness of God. Mm. So our new nature. Which is Christ's nature. We don't love sin. We hate sin. That's right. Now we can we're sinners, but we our nature,
0: we hate it, just like Christ. And so when we do fall into those 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 traps and we do fall to sin like we all will because we don't become perfect until we die we're convicted and we hate what we just done yeah does that make sense yeah. and so uh when, when while we still sin we'll as as believers and and those uh, that are born again and been and those that have been set free we will uh we'll hate what we've just done when we do sin so teaching a
1: uh, christian freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, uh, we see this happening with some teachers today, and they would be false teachers in Second Peter 2, 18 through 21. It says, speaking out arrogant words of vanity, they entice by fleshly desires, by sensuality those who barely escape from the ones who live in error promising them freedom while they themselves are slaves of corruption for by what a man is overcome by this he is enslaved for if after they have escaped the defilements of the world by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ they are again entangled in them and are overcome the last state has become worse for them than the first for it would be better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than, than ha- having
0: known it to turn away from the holy commandment delivered to them. All right, and moving to the last part of uh, verse 13, where it says, but through love serve one another. I want to spend some time on there right, uh, for, for a second, Phil, before we move on to the next verse. Um, the purpose of freedom is serving. One another, mm-hmm. right? And serving one another in love, uh, because that's that's what it's saying here. Through love, serve one another. Um, serve is, 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 is the word for um, um, abject um, or abject slavery, uh, if that makes any sense. Uh, so slavery to loving others is actually freedom. Does that make sense to you? Repeat it again. Repeat. Slavery to, to loving others is, is actually freedom. It's liberty. And so loving other people it is not a burden at all when you're when you're saved and when you're free and that's what I want to look at the next this is this is big and I've never seen this before and I want to get your uh, opinion and take on this when I tell you this one another here where it says through love serve one another uh, the word one another actually means one another of the same kind. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. So what Paul's doing is uh He's assuming maybe that, that, that Christians are living in communities with one another. So Christians are serving Christians. Our freedom gives us, um, uh, gives us and other believers in the body of Christ the ability and the freedom to serve each other um and so what legalism does is is it hampers love and it hampers uh, that because what it's doing is it's searching for God's favor uh, it's it's what's self-oriented and and not biblical love though biblical love kind of orients to the to the needs of others all right all right you, well, you, you know the word uh, for fellowship,
1: Corn, I'm going to say it wrong. Cornelia. Cornelia. So when you have fellowship with God, it means you have salvation, and when you have salvation with God, you have fellowship with Him, and by that you now have fellowship with one another.
0: So listen to this verse, Romans thirteen, Romans thirteen, verse eight. Oh, no one anything except, lo- oh, no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has what fulfilled the law. Mm. That's that is amazing. the law, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's just going to go
1: right into our next we're, verse. Yeah, what we're saying. Yeah. Uh, so let's read it. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. In this statement, you shall love your neighbor hmm. as yourself. So that's huge. And when, when I read that, that takes me back, you know, uh, to the parable in the Bible, uh, the story in the Bible, the Good Samaritan. And, uh, of course, it, it addresses that same thing. And, Jimmy, let me ask you a question. When, when I say, you know, when we read the, the, the parable that Jesus said of the Good Samaritan, just right off the top, right off the get-go, what would you say the message was from that
0: parable? Well, on the surface, you would, uh, you would come to think uh, or believe reading it. Uh, the first thing that would come to your mind is, you know, as Christians, that, 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 uh, that we need to be loving on other people.
1: Well, I mean, and we should. But let's, let's go back and just take a few minutes and look at this parable and put everything back in context and, and ask ourselves, why did he say this parable and who was he talking to? So where's it at? Well, let's go to. Uh, it actually it starts at Luke ten twenty five, but I'm gonna read the verse before, and Jesus is talking to his disciples. And it flows right in to a, a, an encounter that Jesus had with a lawyer. But 24 says, Where I tell you that many prophets and kings have desire to see those things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. And then, and then all of a sudden, Luke 10:25, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up, And tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit the kingdom of of life? What shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus is talking to his disciples. Here comes a lawyer. Did you notice in Scripture how many times uh, Jesus was... uh, Backed up in a, not backed up in a corner, but was approached by Pharisees. Mm. Other, we have, there's other encounters with lawyers in the Bible. This lawyer here is a not a legal lawyer, but a, but a one of the scriptures. He he knows the scripture, and so his motive is is to uh, test Jesus. It says tempted him, but also means test him, saying, "Master, what should I do to inherit kingdom life?" inherit they inherit eternal life so here it goes the Pharisees lawyer comes up he's testing Jesus and he asks a question and let me say this one good thing about this lawyer this is a great question this is an awesome question this is a question that if you're listening right now you need to ask yourself so let's give him credit for a good question what shall I do To inherit eternal life. He said unto him. What is written in the law? How readest thou? So Jesus now. the, The lawyer asked him a question. Jesus turns it around. And asked him a question. What is written in the law? What does it say? What does it say? So in, in Luke ten twenty seven, he answered and said, he's reading from Deuteronomy. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind. And then he quoted Leviticus, which is, and thy neighbor as thyself. This is a daily thing that they did. They read out loud uh, I believe it's Deuteron- Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. This is a daily reading. So this was the answer that the lawyer gave him. And guess what? Good job. He answered two questions correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was absolutely correct. But one thing I noticed, Jimmy, this lawyer who is a who is a Pharisee, this lawyer who uh, was Jewish, why didn't he bring up circumcision? Hmm. Why didn't he bring up these other rituals? He actually answered correctly. I don't, I don't know why he did that. Because they depended on circumcision for salvation. That's true. But he had the right answer. And so, good job, lawyer. Let's go on to 28. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said to Jesus, Who is my neighbor? So Jesus answers this question in 28. It says, Look, if you do what I just said, if you do what the Word says, if you love your God with all your heart, if you love Him with all thy soul and all thy strength and all their mind, if you do that, lawyer, if you love your neighbor... As yourself? If you do those, guess what? You can have eternal life and you will live. So Jesus answered this question. He can live if he does what Jesus said, what he just his Mm -hmm. answer was. So in twenty nine it says, but he willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, Who's my neighbor? My first question would be right here, why'd he jump over the first one about loving God? You know why I did? He's getting nitpicky. He's trying to he's trying to he he jumped over the part about loving God with all your heart and all your strength and all your mind and went straight to, Well, who's my neighbor? I don't know why'd you jump over that one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why'd you jump over that one? But he's I think he's getting nitpicky. And uh so he asked, he says, and who is my neighbor? So in, in in 30, he said, and Jesus answered, this is where the the parable comes in, or the story. And let me say this about, a, this is a story. This isn't a, an actual event. There isn't an actual uh, man. This is a story, and Jesus has got a reason he's telling it. So let's look at this. Let's just read this parable real quick. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came, looked on him, And passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan. As he journeyed. Came where he was. And when he saw him. He had compassion. On him. And he went to him. And he bound up his wounds. Pouring in oil and wine. And he set him on his beast. And brought him to an inn. And he. Took care of him. And on the morrow. When he departed he took out two pence and gave them to the host, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, then I will come again, and I will repay thee. Which now of these three this is Jesus talking, which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto that fellow among thieves? And thirty seven says ten thirty seven says, and he said he that showed mercy on him, then Jesus said unto him, "This is huge. Go and do likewise." All right, let's break this down. So, going back up and looking at the at verse thirty, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. So, you know, anytime they talk about Jerusalem, what do they say? We're going up to Jerusalem. So Jerusalem was uh, at a higher elevation from Jericho. I think it's a few thousand feet higher than Jericho, and it's actually, and this road still exists today that it's talking about. It's 17 miles from Jerusalem to Jericho. This road, there's no houses on it. It's it's winding. There's it's it's barren land. It's dangerous. There's cliffs. You know, some of the tourists that go on these roads today, they're scared to death because they're right on you. You ever see them on YouTube, how those buses get real close Mm. to the edge of a cliff? That's how it is. And there's caves all down through there. So back in the day, it's even dangerous today. But back then, because this road at certain times of the year, it was a it was a common road. But certain times of year, it wasn't as common. So fewer people went down that road. And when fewer people went down the road, they were subject to attack from people hiding in the caves. Mm. So this man, he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among thieves. Man, they stripped him. They beat him and they left him half dead. If you get into the Greek here, this is a total total beat down yeah this ain't slapping the face and run. this is a this is a continuing beating of a man he was left half dead and so here we go here we got some good news Jimmy here comes a priest Jimmy's laying on the ground let's just can we use you that's fine <laughs> somebody's done beat Jimmy he's he's half dead he's bleeding he's he's at the at death door and I'm so thankful because I see coming down the road a priest a priest yeah a man surely, of god surely he's going to help man he's a priest of all men he is he's a man of the cloth guess what he knows scripture and because he knows scripture and he's a man of the cloth surely he'll do what's right he'll do he does uh, what's right man this 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 priest, he represents the best of men, a priest of all people. He knows the law. And surely he's going to, he's going to do what Leviticus nineteen eighteen says, where he's going, to, he's going to love his neighbor as himself. Surely he's going to do that. Surely, if you read down, down in Leviticus again, you're going to see, it says, If a stranger dwells with you in your land, you shall not mistreat him. The stranger who dwells among you shall be to you as one born among you, and you shall love him with yourself. So we got some great news. Priest is coming. Hmm. He knows the word. That's it. He's going to help me. He's going to help me. <laughs> <laughs> Micah 6.8 says, uh, What does the Lord require of you but to justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God?
0: So there's good news. There's help I've got help on the way. I won't be laying here half dead anymore. <laughs> so what does the priest do? That jerk, he crosses the street.
1: He does. Mm. He intentionally yeah. crossed the opposite side of the road mm-hmm. and walks by the well, man. On the other side. Well, Well, maybe there's still hope. Maybe there's somebody else coming. I hope so. It says in the next verse, And likewise, a Levite, when he was at that place, he came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. We have another supposedly godly person. This is a Levite. yeah. Man, These, these people, uh, they, they work in the temple. They've got all these responsibilities. He knows the law also.
0: He knows God's word. Well, what did he do? Surely... Surely this man of God helped him. Obviously, the priest dropped something on the ground, and the Levite picked it up and caught, tried to catch up with him to give it back to him. Possibly. I think that's (laughs) what He did the exact same thing.
1: He intentionally passed by on the other side. So two, quote, unquote, men of the cloth, godly people, passed on the other side. So now we see... A uh, uh, Verse 33 says, A Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Unlike the other two, the Samaritan had compassion. Uh, Samaritan. Jimmy, are you, are you familiar with a Samaritan, what a Samaritan actually is? Yeah, Samaritan,
0: Phil, was, um, was considered by Jewish people to be unclean. Yeah. Um, they uh they had intermarried um with pagans and so uh um, the, G, the Jew, a jewish person would just would consider a, a samaritan to be white trash as a matter of fact if you remember back in the uh of the uh story of the the woman at the well, she was a Samaritan. Mm -hmm. And uh, usually, you know, with Jesus going into that town, uh, it was a surprise to her and others because they usually, uh, they didn't travel. It was quicker to travel through Samaria to get Mm -hmm. where they were going, but they would go around it. And they wouldn't even go to even intermingle with these people. So Jews hated Samaritans. And guess what? Samaritans hated
1: Jews. There's no love lost between the two. Mm -hmm. And so this, this Samaritan, Saw the Jew, and he had compassion, and he went up to him and bound his wounds up, pouring oil and wine, setting him on his beast, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. So, what does that mean? When you traveling, especially those long distances, usually you bring oil with you for cooking, you have wine for drinking. You know, water's not safe to drink. Especially in that route right there, so he had the items that he had he used to uh to minister to to clean his wounds to bandage his wounds uh he set the Jewish man on his donkey and he walked so he had he had some big time love for this person that he had never ever seen As a matter of fact uh his enemy, actually. So, next verse says, "And on the morrow, or tomorrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave to them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him whatsoever spendeth more; I will come again, and I will repay thee." So he, he found him. He he loved on him. He bandaged his wounds. He cleaned him up. He set him on his donkey. He walked. He walked to Jericho. He went to a hotel. Okay, he paid, he took his money, and and if you want to do the math, if you want to study this, he actually gave enough for him to stay two months. He gave two days' wages. That was enough to stay two months. And he actually, because he left the next day, he stayed overnight. So we know he spent the night with this guy taking care of him. When he left, he says, look, he told the innkeeper, whatever it cost, how." Ever long he needs to stay, whatever it takes for him, I will pay. Man, what if you said that to somebody? If Jimmy came to the studio and said, Phil, order whatever you think I need. Man, I'm going to get you the biggest pictures I got.
0: Yeah, so, Phil's going to get us the most again. He's so, going to get me pictures bigger than the walls in my
1: house. So, man, this love. I've never seen anything like like this before. That He did this for this guy. And so, after all of that. Jesus says, Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto that that fell among thieves? So, Jesus, let's go back and say what, what is going on here. Jesus, the lawyer asked Jesus, trying to trick him, trying to test him, what must I do to have eternal life? Jesus lays out this parable, right? Lays out this parable and then he says, and Jesus talking to the lawyer again, which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? This is the lawyer said. He's got some good answers. And he said, He that showed mercy on him, then Jesus then said Jesus unto him, Go and do likewise so he tells the lawyer in order to have eternal life he has to go and do likewise and what is that what does that mean what does he have to do he has to perfectly obey look we're talking about the neighbor here we we're not talk we're not we're not talking about God in this parable he's telling he's telling the lawyer Love your neighbor as yourself, and let me just say this: If you don't love your neighbor, you're not even going to love God. So, what does this mean, Jimmy? Let's let's bring it home. What does this mean? Love your neighbor, love God, and love your neighbor is a summation of God's law. That's a summation of the law. It's a love is the essence of God's law. Right. Mm. The first four commandments of the uh, of God of the Ten Commandments pertain to God. The latter ones re- retain to man. So loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and loving your neighbor as yourself, this is a summation of God's law. So, Jimmy, let me ask you a question. We just Have you ever loved anyone like this Samaritan, loved this Jew?
0: Well, yes and no. Explain. I guess this is what I'm going to say. Yes and no. I mean, if you go back to the to the top of the uh, before we even get into the parable, the parable is told because because uh, the the Pharisee or the Jew asked Jesus, or the Pharisee asked Jesus, the lawyer, who is my neighbor? And so Jesus tells this parable. Mm-hmm. And so, do I believe I've ever loved anybody perfectly? Maybe that is. It's how you would say it. I want to think that I have. Maybe I haven't, but I want to think that uh, that's how I love my children, mm-hmm. and that's how I love my wife. Uh, but you know, there and there have been situations in my life where I've uh, where I've loved people uh, and done things for people. But but with Jesus telling this, because if you look at the very last verse here, go and do the same. Mm -hmm. He tells the lawyer, go and do the same. Well, that's a present imperative, uh, which means that it is a command Mm. to do this in the future and do it forever. Continuously don't stop. Perfectly. Perfectly. So go and do this and do it and do it and do it. And so who is my neighbor? Everybody you come in contact with. Everybody in your path. Mm -hmm. So have I done this the way Jesus has said it? Present imperative, you know, with everybody I come in contact with? No. Have I done it occasionally? I th- I'd say so. But I haven't done it to everybody.
1: All right, now get ready, Jimmy. I asked you before we started what was the general, when we hear about the parable of the Good Samaritan, what is the first thing that pops out? Well, Helping people, mm-hmm. loving on people. Yeah, I mean, there's laws out right around now called the Good Samaritan Law. You know, yeah. So that we, but here is the meaning of the parable. Drop it in context. He's talking to a lawyer. The lawyer asked, "What must I do to have eternal life?" He tells the parable. Then, which one of these did what was right? The lawyer said. The, the, the last one which was correct and then just like you said he commanded him to go now and do the same thing perfectly but we got to think about what actually happened you love your wife you would say perfectly she would probably say different but that's another bible
0: story <laughs> that's not even a bible story
1: <laughs> but you do good things from occasion I would even say you don't love your wife perfectly but here's the deal, Jimmy. Do you love your enemies like this? <laughs> do you, you do good things to people you like, but do you give everything you have? When you were going down the highway and you seen the homeless man who, who was hungry, he didn't have food, he had flies on him, did you stop him? Did you give him clothes? Did you take him to your home? Did you feed him?
0: Let me take it a step further. That homeless man you recognize, Phil, that homeless man you recognize from breaking into your house and stealing yeah. from you and your children uh, two or three years ago. Yes. He's your enemy. Exactly. Now. Do you, do you have
1: compassion for him? Yes. Now, here's the deal. Jimmy, you ready? You want to be saved? Then do that. Mm. Guess what? You're not. You can't. You might occasionally pick up somebody on the side of the road, but you cannot do it. Not only can you not do it, you can't even, if you can't do it to your neighbor, you're not going to do it to God. Mm. So this was an indictment. That's exactly what it is. On, This is about a person, Not we're not talking, this is an indictment on a lawyer for his lack of not being able to obey, love God, and love your neighbor. And because he can't perfectly do that, he's under a curse, and he's going to hell. So what the lawyer should have done is says, Lord, I can't do it. I can't love you perfectly. I can't help everybody. I need help. Save me. I need a Savior. That's what he should have done. Yeah. And God would have
0: saved him, but he didn't. Hmm. That's the parable. That's it. That's the parable. And so the whole summation of all of this is love. Yeah. Doing it, even loving people that have done wrong to you, that that you've traditionally been taught to hate, um, like the... Mm-hmm. The Samaritans and the Jews were taught to hate one another. Even despite all of that, he looked past that, and he loved his neighbor. Uh, but he saw the man that he came come in contact with who was his enemy, and he loved him anyway.
1: And then, but he, but, but here's the deal, you can't do that. You, you can't do that perfectly. You can help people out occasionally. You can love your neighbor. Look, You love your neighbor, but are you a neighbor? Mm. You can't do it. And because you can't, you can't obey because the whole deal is, what must I do to go heaven? He says, obey me, love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, everything about you. And love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. Nobody loves Jimmy like Jimmy loves Jimmy. Nobody loves Phil like Phil loves Phil. I ain't never loved anybody like I love myself. And I know if you're listening, you like, oh, I, I don't look it over. Now, you're the same way. That's exactly right. You don't love people like you love yourself. You don't go without food. You don't go without medical attention. You meet your needs. Mm-hmm. The same needs that you meet for yourself, God commands you to do it to your
0: enemies And you can't. And so Jesus is the only one that's ever loved God with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength every moment of his life. And he's the only one that has ever loved his neighbor as he loved himself. Why? Because he is the only one that has ever given his life, Mm. and you said it earlier, given his life for his enemies. While they still were his enemies and hated him, he still died for us. When we were still without strength in due time
1: christ died for the ungodly so we can't do it but he did that's right he died for his enemies while we were his still enemy he died for us that's the meaning of the parable there's nothing you can do it say lord i can't do it i cannot do it i need a savior i cry out for mercy save me save me save me because in order to
0: go to heaven you have to obey and you can't do it and let me tell you something i will say this i will say this without getting legalistic on you and without getting um because that's what we're studying here without trying to throw some law on somebody and saying that you have to do it because because you can't do it and so not perfectly no but once the lord you know as a believer and once once the lord has saved you then that is giving you the motivation to do it, to try to do it, to attempt to do it as as best that you can. And you're going to find yourself loving people that you've never loved before. You're going to find yourself doing things for people out of a motivation of love that you've never had before. Now, you're not going to do it perfectly, obviously. We're human. We still have that nature. Uh, we still have that ability to sin within us. And so we're still going to, like I said, the guy that robbed your house and mm. stole from your kids. You're still going to have that harbor, those hard feelings, and and maybe pass him by and and think to yourself, uh, smirk to yourself when you see him living homeless on the side of the road. My point is, you don't have to tell a teenage boy to start putting deodorant on and brushing his teeth when he falls in puppy love, Mm -hmm. because that love motivates him to start doing that. Mm -hmm. What I would say is loving people, loving your neighbor. Start with praying for people because people who pray for each other don't pray on each other. Well, let me say this, Jimmy, and I know where you're coming
1: from, and I agree, but the number one reason God gave this parable is for us to repent. Mm -hmm. Repent. Why? Because we can't love God with all our heart, heart, soul, and We can't love our neighbor. We can't do it. That's 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 the deal, and because we can't, and because He did, we trust in Him. We rely on Him. We're thankful for the blood who co- that covers us, and when we fall short, He steps in as our right. We can't do it, yeah. so it's there to let you know. Guess what? You can't do it. That's why we need a Savior.
2: Hmm.
1: That's why we need a Savior, man. That's. Uh, I don't know, man. That just it, that word that that blessed me. It really did. His word blesses me. If we can read this last verse, let's see what time we got. We got one minute. So here we go. <laughs> it says, "But if you bite and devour one another, take care lest you be consumed by one another." Jimmy it goes back to freedom because we've been freed. We now accept and we we love one another. We serve one another in Christ. If we don't, we're just like the the most ungodly self-centered pagans who bite and devour, devour one another and end up being consumed by one another yeah,
0: uh, basically, and we're going to look at this last verse just quickly. I'll try to get through it quickly. But uh, Paul has never in this entire book, and he never will through the end of this book. And we still got another chapter and a half to go. But he has never uh, uh, fused the two ideas of, of, of legalism and grace. Mm. He's He is saying, look, you have to keep these in two stark contrasts. You have to separate the two. And, and so if you don't, if you bite, then uh, then, then you're going to devour each other. If you're going to bite. On this idea see all doctrine whether it's true or false has has implications have pra- has practical implications and so legalists what they're doing is they're biting or they're or, or they're lacerating those who believe in, in grace they do that with reproach and so what Paul is saying here is if you even bite down on that a little bit then you're just going to start devouring each other that's what pagans do it's exactly right and so what he's saying he says beware beware of this keep your spiritual vision sharp uh, and 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 stay alert uh, or, or else you're going to fall into divisions that that result from this legalistic belief and it's basically is, is, is all that he's saying here is, is keep so that there is not any factions or, or not factions but uh, rivalries or divisions that fall draw up in the church you, you can't fall into this right. uh put on christ that's right put on
1: christ all right jimmy that's all of our time mm-hmm. that's all of our time i i enjoyed today and uh learned a lot and, we could have uh, went on for another 45 yeah, minutes yeah it's uh but we're bound by the clock. That's right. We're like a preacher on Sunday. <laughs> a bad one. <laughs> but uh, look, I hope uh, I, let me just say this, we can't do it. We cannot, in order to ha- just like the lawyer, in order to inherit ke- inherit heaven, inherit eternal life, we have to love perfectly. Uh, Love God perfectly with everything we've got. And we have to love everyone in our path, including the people that hate our guts, our enemies. Guess what? We can't do that. But he did. And because he did, you can if you're in Christ. Hmm. God is holy, perfect. He's right. He's the creator. And he's just. He's the judge. He's a good judge. Feel In his natural state was an enemy of God, a sinner. At war with him, I've broken his law. And because I broke his law, the good judge, by his own nature, has to judge sin. If he didn't judge sin, then he wouldn't be a good God or a good judge. And the wages of the sin is death. Now Phil's going to die. But Christ died for Phil while he was yet his enemy. And my only response in all of that, my response to the gospel, is to believe Him with everything I have, everything I have, repent and turn away from my life as I know it. That includes my mind, my will, my intellect, my emotions. Turn from this world of life and follow Christ cry on his name, the lawyer that we talked about today, he should have cried out for mercy. If he had, God would have saved him. God will save you. You call out on his name, his word promises. Mm. He will save you. And uh, I'm so glad that he saved me, Jimmy. I'm so, so forever, eternally indebted and grateful that God saved me. By his grace, yeah, I'll never get over it, not for eternity. i'm I'm forever grateful, and I breathe every breath to tell everybody what he's done for me, and he'll do for you if you repent and believe him. That's it.
0: That's it. so so the gospel, remember this, the gospel's not an invitation. It's a command to all of us, to all of those who are living and going their own way. So I would just say heed that command today, mm-hmm. yep. and uh, and cry out to Him, as, as Phil said. Let's pray, Father. God, you're so perfect, Lord. You are, you are so holy. You are so righteous. And Father, we just thank you right now for loving us unconditionally, loving us perfectly, even though we cannot love you the same in return. God, you still sent your son to be the sacrifice for many while they still hated him. God, we our finite minds can't even can't even wrap our we, we can't wrap our heads around and understand that kind of love. But because of your love for the Son, you've loved us too. And God, we thank you for that. Lord, we just don't we just pray that that we could walk in the spirit to, to, to walk in obedience to follow you as perfectly as we can and we know we're not going to be able to follow you perfectly but we, we just pray that that as believers because you have saved us that, that we're able uh, to to obey you uh, as, as in, 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 in the only way that we can obey you is to understand and put our put our trust in and what Jesus has already done for us. And rest in that. And when we do, we can follow you with obedience. And Lord, we thank you for our lives. We thank you for eternal life. And God, I, I pray right now that if there be any listening to this program, whether they're listening to it when it originally aired, or if they're listening to it uh, delayed in, in a broadcast you know, years from now, God, I just pray that, that that you have their way through these words in their hearts and in their minds and you use this to draw them to you. God, we pray uh, these things now in the holy and the righteous name of Jesus. Amen. Jimmy, where can I hear the show? You can go to uh, LifesongRadio.com. You can check it out uh, uh, there. Uh, just click on the uh, the link at the top for this says the show, uh, and you can see it. Uh, uh, you can hear the, the very latest episodes will be right there in front of your face. And if you click the link for more, you'll be able to see uh, a good many of them since we had the, since we started the website months ago. So LifesongRadio.com. All right, we'll see you next week. Right back here on Life Song Radio. Have a good week.
2: I've been every devotional, been every place emotional. Try to hear a new word from God, and I think it's very odd. And while I attempt to help myself, my Bible sits upon the shelf with every promise I could ever meet. And the word was. Doesn't fit across the shoulders. Will it fade when it gets older? We throw ideas that aren't in style in the Salvation Army pile and search for something more to meet our needs. But the word was, and the word is, and the word will.